From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome again to another fun-filled week of podcasting adventures here on In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. As always, I am your host, Jerry Brooks, not just the baby-faced assassin of freedom, but your tour guide through the severely wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America, and we're adding an extra feature uh, starting this week, the severely messed up treacherous world of establishment Republicans and rhinos. And I'll get into that, to the why of that, a little bit later in the program today. Uh, before we get started, as always, you can contact us via email, inblackandright at gmail.com, or go to our website, inblackandright.net. Okay, folks, I hope you had a good weekend. Uh, get as much rest as you can, because this week begins the real big push to Election Day. In exactly 15 days from today, the country decides what direction do we go. Do we simply fight for our country and deal with the people who got us into this mess? Or do we just simply roll over, let the Democrats cheat, and we just get our belly rub and the country essentially goes kaboom? Well, folks, that's just pretty much how it goes. That Those are really the choices. And... And I really hate sounding like that because I know there are going to be some, especially in the religious community, who are going to go, well, you're just fear-mongering. It's like, no, I'm not fear-mongering. One, I'm paying attention a lot more than you are. And B, I have the stones to say what's going on out there and tell the truth. And I tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth with a lot of help from God. Period. That's all there is on that. But in case you need a little bit more of a reminder of why uh, we're in such a mess, I will be happy to tell you. However, I just want to take a brief uh, hop, skip, and a jump across the pond to Great Britain. The big news today out of England, Rishi Sunak to become the next Prime Minister of Great Britain. Now, Rishi Sunak is the former chancellor of the Exchequer, which is essentially the British equivalent of Treasury Secretary. So with the withdrawal of Boris Johnson attempting to uh, come back, make a comeback to number 10 Downing Street, and all the other rivals, uh, Mr. Sunak has become essentially uh, Britain's first prime minister of color. Yay. Okay, that, which is fine, but this is the third prime minister. <laughs> wow, this is the third prime minister that Great Britain has had just this year. Now, Liz Truss, who took over uh, <laughs> 
four, only lasted six, maybe six or seven weeks. 45 days in office. And no real help, no real solutions on dealing with the hectic economy in Britain. And especially when it comes to energy, uh, Britain's going to get a pretty nasty winter, a lot like a good chunk of Europe. But the economy is on the ropes and on life support. And the, the leading party over there is divided and highly confused. Doesn't really know what it wants. Or, I mean, they know kind of what it needs, but they just seem to can't quite get there. So the fact that, yes, Britain is actually getting a prime minister who is a minority, nice, but the Brits, like the Americans, we don't have time for identity politics. We don't. And so, yes, just because, you know, the man's a, you know, a, a minority, fine, whatever. I mean, Italy just elected its first female prime minister in its elections when it voted for a more conservative government. Same thing with Sweden. The Swedes have gone more conservative in spite of Ding Dong, the petulant child of pigtails, uh, Greta Thunberg, and all her Green Party, you know, green greenness and whatever. Her, she's wackadoodle, and she's not even old enough to drink in the U.S. Or maybe, I don't know. I, I don't even really care about her. I mean, she's just a, she's wackadoodle. So, yes, now the Brits are going to have another chance at it with another prime minister and a winter that's coming, energy prices that are skyrocketing and quite obscene, plus all kinds of in, an inflation in Britain. If you think it's bad here, it's no, it's no picnic over there. Ay, 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 ay. So, I mean, I want the Brits to succeed. They have been our longtime allies, and I do have friends over there. I don't want them to have to go through craziness. But the problem is, if the Brits are going to act like... The Brits need to act a bit more like the Americans. I mean, there needs to be a sort of Britain first. I mean, this is the same atmosphere that led to Blexit in 2016 and brought, really, Nigel Farage to uh, worldwide acclaim among conservatives. Uh, I've met Mr. Farage, great guy, t tons of fun. Uh, I've met him on more than one occasion, actually. So, yeah, so Britain, love you, but hey, you kind of need to uh, kind of, you know, get with the program and actually help your new prime minister, because otherwise... You're going to be no different than the United States if the Democrats get back to power. And yes, I meant to say Democrat, because their agenda is just as sick and just as twisted and just as evil as ever, and now they've added one more issue to the table with two weeks left. Actually, there are several different issues that they brought on the table, but one of them is, I guess, a bit more immediate because, according to reports by uh, the Epoch Times and just the news, we got the big problems. And, the, and it's described in the headline, 
just like this. U.S. has less than a month of diesel in stockpile. Yep, we are less than a month away, ladies and gentlemen, of running out of diesel. I mean, not just heading into the winter, not just heading into the midterms in 15 days. This is going to have catastrophic, and I mean, this is not hyperbole, folks, catastrophic problems. Not just for the trucking industry, because they will be the ones who are the most immediately affected and probably even the worst affected. But it's not just the trucking industry. It's also agriculture, our nation's farms. There's not going to be any diesel for their trucks, for their tractors, for their combines, other equipment to do their job as farmers because we have a dingbat in the White House who may or may not run in 2024. Yep, Biden even said during the weekend during a speech, I mean, he might drop dead tomorrow. I'm like, that's not exactly what you would call somebody who's really sure whether they're going to run for re-election or not. Makes me more than a little nervous. But, I mean, hey, this, I mean, there's still no guarantee that Biden is even going to survive his first term. He may not even make it to 2024. Who knows what can happen? I mean, the man has got problems. It's pretty obvious to anybody with eyes. He's got a whole bunch of problems. He's an embarrassment on the world stage. Heck, he's an embarrassment here at home. Holy cow, folks. Holy cow. But, hey, this is what you voted for. Yay happy. But yes, less than a month of diesel left. And plus his squandering of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Oh, man. This is not going to be fun for the winter. Because there's not going to be enough heating oil. There's not going to be enough natural gas to heat homes in the really cold parts of the country, like New England, the Great Lakes region, and the Plains states, and maybe even some others this year. We don't know. But yes, for those of you who are green raw dealers, uh, yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch of people who's going to thank you for your short-sightedness and your complete and utter stupidity. We need diesel. You have to have diesel. Oh, and, you know, well, Joe Biden's rule, they're concerned. Bull! If you were really concerned about the fact that you could be collapsing, not just the trucking industry, the nation's supply chain, you would have gotten off your sorry carcass and fixed this. And now... We're less than a month away from running out of diesel in, in stockpile because you and your green raw deal types won't actually get off your sorry carcasses and start getting some oil because, well, you know, no, you're not, you cannot convert over to electric semis. You just can't. It's stupid. I mean, this is deliberate, folks. Now, you say, well, that's not deliberate. Uh-uh. You tell me. When you know you've got a problem, and especially when it comes to energy, you're not drilling, you're not fracking, 
you're not doing anything because you essentially would piss off the Environmaniacs and the other progressives in this country. It's like, no, because you just need to stop listening to these people because they don't know what they're doing. They just plain do not know what they're doing. And the fact that it's going to very adversely affect supply chains going into the winter, going into the holidays and the midterms, no, no, no. That's not, in, that's not incompetence. That's malfeasance. It is totally, totally an intentional thing. So, no, I'm not going to uh, be nice about it. This, these people are evil. They are insane. What they're doing to the, uh, to the working class, oh, dear God. I mean, here's an, if you don't believe me, here's some more. Not just energy costs, but housing, especially the rental markets. Recent surveys have said two-thirds, 65% of Americans who are renting, be it a house, an apartment, a condo, whatever, 65% of them have seen rate, in, have seen increases in their rent. And I am very familiar with that because that's what drove me out of Nevada before coming to Florida. Because a California-based management company bought the building I lived in and slowly but surely jacked up rents and drove a lot of people, including myself, out of the market. Couldn't stay where we were because... These were greedy SOBs who wanted their money back because of COVID, and they wanted it back fast. And so they drove people like myself, who have disabilities, older people on fixed incomes, the working poor. They just went all kinds of wacky and just got all greedy and everything and managed to not only mess up the housing market, Because I know people who are in real estate who talked about the absolute cutthroat way all the California refugees moved east, especially northern California, uh, the Bay Area and whatnot, to get over and find a house in Reno while it was cheap. And it turned into, in many cases, a bidding war. And And when the housing market got messed up and all cutthroat, it did the same to the rental market. And it is, unless you happen to make some serious money, you can't even afford a studio apartment. Not in Reno, not in Reno Sparks anyway. So yes, that's another big issue. Now, of those 65% who have had rent increases, one out of six of them are delinquent right now. They are behind on their rent. And one out of five uh, of people, one out of five, 20% of the people who are in that situation are minorities. The working poor, blacks, Hispanics, the people that the Democrats say they care about, and too many black folks, there's less, but there's still too many of them who are voting for the same type of people, keeping them in the same type of poverty, who cannot be happy 
and will not be happy when they're having to compete with millions of illegal, low-skilled immigrants trying to get work because they're going to have to do it for less because wages will be depressed. So, yeah, thank you, uh, ding-dongs. I don't really like that. But, hey, what can you do, folks? I mean, 15 days. Stay focused. Stay vigilant just a little while longer. And especially in states that are doing early voting. And there have been stories who, well, okay, the Democrats are turning out in record numbers for early voting, which and some Republicans. That's fine. I mean, there's been early voting records set in Georgia, the very place that the dingy, the dingbat running for governor on the Democrat side, Stacey Abrams, is saying, oh, oh the voting was suppressed and he stole the election. Election denier. Uh-huh. Yep, I said it. Stacey Abrams is an election denier. So is Hillary Clinton. And so were others back in 2017 when Trump won. Other Democrats, but nope, it's only Republicans who are election deniers. And I love Carrie Lake when she pretty much took that premise, flipped it on its ear, and threw it right back in the mainstream media's face. Ugh, I love that woman. I wish I lived back in Arizona again so I could vote for her. But we're okay here in Florida. I mean, DeSantis has got a double-digit lead over Chris. Duh. I mean, that's not exactly rocket science. But there are a lot of these races. I mean, even according to the real clear politics averages that are either tied, toss-ups, or the Republican is ever so slightly ahead. And there can be real change on the state level with some of these blue states flipping red. Oh man, could it. And I'll give and there's a great reason why this can happen. <laughs> I mean, right now, like I'm taking a look at in Michigan, key state for the governor's race. Tudor Dixon, former media personality, has closed a 17-point deficit and the and according to pollsters, the Michigan governor's race is a tie. A tie. In spite of all that Democrat money that Gretchen, Witch, Gretchen Witchmer, or Whitmer, whichever you want to use, has. Huge advantage in cash, but she's tied with a Republican opponent. Oops. I mean, it's nearly a tie. Whitmer has raised 26 times the amount of money raised by her opponent, Tudor Dixon. But yet, the, it's pretty much a tie, a statistical dead heat. Hmm, what does that tell you, folks? Even Michigan could flip? Wow. And yes, this is not looking good for Democrats. And another issue, ho oh, oh, ho mother, another issue that's not good for Democrats right now is the CDC at in the dark of night on Friday after, uh, after the workday, their guidance on including COVID vaccines for kids as a regularly scheduled vaccine. 
Oh man, there's there's a real winner for you Democrats. Go ahead and tell your people, the, tell your constituents that oh you're going to be okay. You know, we're just going to follow the CDC guidelines and we're just going to vaccinate your kids. BS. Total BS. I mean, Republican states, Republican governors are pushing back. Big time pushing back. And and the CDC just doesn't quite get it. It's like, well, the problem is they do need to get it. Um, story from just the news. GOP governors push back as CDC adds COVID vaccine to an immunization schedule despite the data on its risks to kids. Mm-hmm. They want to they want to play Russian roulette with the lives of your babies, your kids, your grandkids. And this is just irresponsible. And if somebody says follow the science, it's like I'm just about ready to just scream. Because we've got science. We've got plenty. Plenty of science. We've got the data on heart inflammation cases for younger men for young men 18 to 35 myocarditis that other kinds of vaccine injuries we don't even know what the heck is going on with kids and apparently the CDC got all ticked off about it well we just don't know because kids aren't getting vaccinated it's like hallelujah hallelujah CDC hello you have been found out. The American people know how goofy you are, how wrong you have been, and what you've done to people is nothing short of evil and sick. So don't anybody give me follow the science. Please don't, because I'm tempted to really slap you if you do. Because I was told many a time, and I have a heart condition. And I've also been recovering, and I've also had a stroke, which has left some deficiencies. And people were like, well, you need to get the vaccine. I said, you need to get your freaking head examined. That's not going to happen. I am not going to take an experimental shot. And parents aren't going to take the risk with their kids either. Yay. Thank you, moms and dads out there. Don't trust the CDC because... They haven't earned it. They haven't earned it. And now we're seeing this, and now we're getting all kinds of backlash, for, especially from Republican governors. And of course, once again, Florida is leading the way. Yes, lots of, lots of GOP governors. In fact, the Surgeon General of the great state of Florida, Dr. Le Joseph Ladapo, has even recommended know that the the MR the mRNA covid vaccine should not be given to young men between 18 and 35 because of the incredible risks of myocarditis heart inflammation in these young men who are otherwise healthy and as far as kids that are young as 6 months no sorry i mean there are plenty of vaccines that are the immunize, are in the CDC's immunization schedule 
that have been around for decades. They have been extensively tested, extensively tested, and they've been found through real science, not this follow the fake science crap, to be effective for kids. But now you want to throw in the COVID vaccine, which is still experimental. It is still under emergency use authorization, and you want to add it to the list of vaccines that we already have that are much safer, much more effective, and not nearly experimental. They, some of them have been around for decades. So we know what it's so we know what the deal is with them. But nope, we're just we're just gonna do that. And I can assure you, if you live in a blue state, uh, if you have a blue state governor, a blue state mayor, whatever, they are going to use this excuse as cover to vaccinate your kids with an experimental drug, experimental vaccine, without really knowing what it will do to kids. There is all kinds of data that is not positive. It is not safe and effective. And if anybody wants to call me an anti-vaxxer, go right ahead, but I'm just going to look at you funny and tell you to shut your pie hole. This is not good. I mean, I have nieces and nephews, beautiful kids, and they are all the way down to seven months old. I do not want anybody to put that and and I'm and I'm telling my you know my nie my nephews, you know they're moms and dads they're my members of my family. Do not let them give your baby a COVID shot. Don't do it. Please do not do it. Because I'll guarantee you, you do not want to play Russian roulette with the life of your baby boy and someone who I haven't even seen yet. No, don't do it. So yes, my friends, you've got governors, Republican governors pushing back, including uh, our wonderful, soon-to-be-reelected governor, Ron DeSantis, and the, and the Surgeon General of Florida. Nope, don't do it. Just do not do it. And now, this is really amazing. A commentary by Steve Cortez of War Room fame did a commentary for Real Clear Politics. Um, and, and, he under, and he's taking a look at this from a political perspective. And I love what he wrote. The CDC just made the closing weeks of the 2022 campaigns a lot more volatile for some shaky Democrat candidates, especially for incumbent pro-mandate Democrat governors like J.B. Pritzker of Illinois, Kathy Hochul of New York, and Gretchen Whitmer of, of Michigan. Why, he asked, uh, Mr. Cortez asked. Well, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention just delivered a stark rebuke to America's parents. In a unanimous decision, its Committee on Immunization Practices voted to add COVID-19 vaccines to the regular immunization schedule for all children starting at the age of six months old. That right there is a, it's right, it's a slap in the face to American parents. Parents' rights, 
don't mean jack squat to the CDC when it comes to giving your kids a vaccine which may make them sick or, God forbid, oh, I don't know, kill them? Because we don't know. There has not been enough testing. And that's, just, and that's crazy. And, and I love this. And I'll go a little bit further in this story, uh, this commentary of Steve Cortez. Clearly, American parents do not concur, as a mere 3.5% of parents have injected their babies and toddlers aged 6 months to 5 years old. For school-age children, a recent Kaiser Fam Family Foundation study shows that only one-third of children aged 5 to 11 have received at least one shot. Ugh, I love it. Then, of course, uh, Steve, uh, Mr. Cortez gets into what the Florida Department of Health and our uh, Surgeon General said about, no, don't do this, don't give the shot to young men 18 to 35 because of the risk of heart problems. So yeah, it's, it's just really crazy. And look, younger kids, really young kids, are essentially, they don't get the virus. They don't get the virus. And it's been proven time after time after time by real scientists. Kids don't get it. But yet, all the lockdown demon craps have no problem of telling you, mom and dad, that your kid better get with a program or they're not going to be able to do anything. That's sick. That's tyrannical. That's what fascists and dictators do. So, no. There is, I mean, th this is just nuts. And yes, already GOP governors, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, have already said, no, we ain't doing it. This is crazy. We just do not know uh, about this. And, and I can assure you, with this CDC ruling, uh, if you are of the opinion that, oh, this isn't going to lead to some kind of a mandate, oh, you would be so incredibly naive and wrong. If you've got a blue state that were into lockdowns, into the mandates, into everything, and if you still have a Democrat leader, a Democrat governor, or a state Democrat legislature, oh yeah, trust me, you will get it. You are not paying attention. And there will be any excuse that these people will use to make sure your kids get the jab. Yeah, and that's just not cool and it's not fun. And in states like Michigan, <laughs> yeah, which has already now has a tie in the governor's race with essentially two weeks left. Whew. Holy cow. Uh-uh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. So, already, look out. Well, at least in Florida, if you get, this is why we are the free state of Florida. When this ruling came out last Friday, Governor DeSantis did not waste time. He went and made it perfectly and publicly clear that he is not going to allow this to happen in the state of Florida, period. 
and he will fight like he will fight like hell to stop it. Yay, happy! Now, of course, Florida led the way, and now and then after that came governor after after red state governor after red state governor saying, "Uh-uh, not gonna happen." They echoed the sentiment of Governor DeSantis. Uh, Tennessee, Alabama, Missouri, Iowa, Oklahoma, Virginia, and Utah all came out just hours after Governor DeSantis' statement. No. And this is why I love my governor. And I'm glad to have retired here to the free state of Florida. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what happens. I mean, oh yeah, and there, there were a couple of, uh, there, was, there were, came other governors, uh, Georgia, Arkansas, South Dakota, uh, Christy Nome. Oh yeah, it, there were gubernatorial candidates and sitting governors said, uh-uh, this is crap. This is foolishness. This is absolute crap. It, forget about it. But, you know, but they're going to try. Because even if they're, even if the red wave comes, I'm really thinking there's going to be more problems in the Republican leadership than there will be in the Democrat leadership. Because the Democrat leadership will essentially be rendered uh, moot for a while. But it's the establishment Republicans. And I warn people, and I'm not even talking about Kevin McCarthy. Nope. In this case, I'm taking a look at the head of the NRCC, its chairman, Congressman Tom Emmer of Minnesota. Now, apparently, already, even before November 8th has shown up, the establishment is looking to become part of leadership to squash the incoming crew of MAGA candidates. And apparently, one of the people they want to take a swipe at in this America First movement isn't even a politician. They're going after Tucker Carlson, pretty much now uh, Fox's king of opinion. And apparently, in a story from Axios, um, let's see, yeah, this last story, and, and apparently... Tucker Carlson, who was rather upset, according to the Axios story, apparently made a call to Emmert's office to talk to him about a report that had come out um, in the Daily Beast. And apparently, this had to deal with a lot of backroom jousting that got just utterly vicious over the leadership slots in a potential House majority. Now, Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, who hired uh, Tucker Carlson's son as his communications director, is expected to face, uh, face Emmer for a House Republican whip, which would be number three in leadership if the House, if the Republicans get the majority. 
Now, this is crazy. You know, and the Daily Beast a quote, a quoted an anonymous GOP strategist slamming Jim Banks. Deep down, he, di he dies to be liked by the establishment. He hires Tucker Carlson's son, a 24-year-old kid, to be his communications director. Well, Tucker finds out absolutely is livid beyond description. And what dad wouldn't when you're talking, taking a swipe at your kids? I mean, if somebody did that to any of my nieces and nephews, I would be all over them like a cheap suit. But apparently, when Tucker called Emmer, Emmer's office at the NRCC, apparently it got ugly real stinking fast. Because Tucker pretty much said, according to this Axios report, uh, that when Carlson uh, talked to Emmer, he pretty much said, either, either tell me who the source was of that really ugly quote in the Daily Beast, or he was going to assume Emmer was the source. And, oh, ye, ye. <coughs> excuse me, but given Tucker Carlson's influence and his ratings, oh, man. This could make life really ugly for Emmer, especially when you've got the number one conservative commentator going after you. That, that's just kind of wrong. And now, already, Emmer has now come under the crosshairs, if you will, politically, of Donald Trump Jr. and the, the fabulous MTG. Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia. And they are major voices in MAGA. Major voices. And I'm sure there could be more coming who are going to go after him because it's one thing if you've got a problem with Tucker Carlson. Okay? That's just it. If you've got a problem with him, you've got a problem with him. But when you start going after his, somebody's kids, especially Tucker Carlson's kids, uh, yeah, okay, no wonder you're getting in a whole lot of heat. So, yeah, Mr. Emmer, get ready, because even if you happen to survive your congressional race, you are going to have hell to deal with when you get to Capitol Hill and you're going to be running for leadership. And to slam somebody like a Congressman Jim Banks... To do it because he hired Tucker Carlson's son? Uh, dude, that's just stupid. Period. That you don't, if you're Tom Emmer, the last thing you need is a problem. And this is a big problem because Tucker Carlson has one hour in prime time, Monday through Friday, five hours a week, to put you under the microscope and slow cook you in a rotisserie, at least in a media sense. So this thing, this is why I say 
you know, November the 8th is just the beginning. And already we see now within the potential house leadership, people who are establishment types and they want MAGA as in the corner, you know, be, to be seen but not heard. And I can assure you that ain't going to happen. So, my friends, with that, whew, and today is only Monday. <laughs> Wild. So, I appreciate you listening. Uh, you can always find our podcast uh, on any podcast platform. We're on all of them, big and small. So, hopefully, uh, I don't even know what to do because tomorrow is going to be really odd to watch. Actually, the next four, because tomorrow, two weeks, two weeks. It's the home stretch, folks. Let's stick together. Let's stay on target, stay on task. And remember, it's only the beginning, November the 8th, because that's when, it's January when the real fun starts, when the new Congress is seated. So let's take this one phase at a time, one step at a time, one day at a time. And with that, friends, thank you so much for uh, checking us out today. We appreciate you uh, stopping by. Tell your friends about us. Tell them, you know, send them links, send them whatever. But God bless everybody. Take care of yourself. And remember, patriots come in all colors.